Welcome to Poets Pitch, where poets can pitch their piece and guarantee we'll catch what they're pitching. Here is where we break down the complexities and dive deeper into the poetry. Pitches will reach new heights with me, your host, Kiesens. Today we have my friend, the talented mm. and slightly mysterious. Only slightly. <laughs> Urban legend Abasaki. <laughs> Yo, what I do? How you doing today? I'm smooth, you know, I'm chilling. Had to come through this podcast, you know, get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Yes, sir. We are so happy that you are here. So we're going to jump right into first base. Urban, I've been wondering for a while, mm-hmm. but I held off on asking because I knew this day was going to come. <laughs> okay. How did you come up with this name? Like, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. Why Urban Legend Abasaki? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's, it's a combination of three different things. Urban, you know, being that I'm from the city, you feel me? The legendary part is because, you know, I'm going to be a king remembered in time. But the D, the apostrophe D, is for the city that hey, I'm from. Hey, okay, so. bringing out the Detroit. You know. And then the Abasaki. Uh, well, that is a given name from, from friends that's, that just kind of stuck. But it's like a hybrid name. So Oba is Yoruba for uh, king. And Saki is uh, Japanese for destination. So king's destination. So you feel like you're bringing something that people need to stop at and pay attention to, huh? Yeah. Okay, a whole route. A whole, look, look. <laughs> Let my poetry take you on a journey. You feel me. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so when did this name come into play? So when I first started writing and, uh, you know, going open mics and stuff, I didn't really have a set name for myself. It was just kind of trying to fill it out, but like about let's say 2015, 2016, it just kind of came to me. The Obasaki part has always been like a name that I was using. I was just like, just go with that. And everything just kind of flowed. What made you even pull from Japanese? Right. So, all right, I'm a bit of an otaku, meaning that I have an affinity for watching like Japanese anime. And it's just something I grew up with, something I happen to fit. Like I just have a deep appreciation for it. So, yeah. All right. So when it comes to your poetry, do you feel like you have like a go-to topic that you write more about or do you feel like you are just this poetic divergent? I have my moments. So I write about what is speaking true to me in that mood. So there is no linear path that I take. Whatever is weighing heavy on my heart or my mind, but whatever I feel that needs to be spoken on, I speak to. Okay. What music are you into? So mm-hmm. We were once at an open mic last year. Open mic was over. Yeah. Then I look over to my left, and you are busting a whole move. I mean, a whole move. <laughs> I said, I guess whatever floor is under his feet is his dance floor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I want to know, what's your go-to music that, like, gets you really moving the way you were that night? <laughs> really, anything with a beat. If I'm listening to anything with a nice melody, it could be something on the radio. It could be something on the elevator. It could be something. Okay. Whatever is has a good tempo and a good beat, I'm with it. I like it. So yeah. I said, oh, this is him wherever he go. Right. Grocery store, middle of the street, <laughs> anywhere. I love it. I love the energy. <laughs> Catch me doing the salsa, the mang- merengue, bachata, whatever. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, okay, you talking that talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is my friend, and I jokingly call him the president of the Anti-Narcissism Club. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> because this man is always talking about narcissism. I'm like, okay, this man has been through something. Like, he feel like he a narcissism activist okay <laughs> so i gotta know does narcissism make its way into your poetry like is it in a, maybe a few of your poems or is it mm-hmm. just make a little sneak appearance here and there oh no 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 um there are some pieces that speak to uh what it means to be in a relationship or deal with narcissism from the survivor side 
a lot, mainly, and it's not, it's not overwhelmingly so, but just toxic relationships in general, because it's, it's something that is more prominent now, like writing about it is just bringing awareness to it. This is something to be looked at and talked about. <laughs> Period. I like mm. that. What do you feel like you bring to the table with your poetry? That's a good question. I would say, hopefully, hmm, uh, insight. I would like for people to pick up on certain things, go back, leave thinking about what they feel as opposed to just having their feelings validated. I don't want anybody to just be like, oh, yeah, that felt nice. So, yeah, hopefully they're able to go back and reflect. So, reflection. <laughs> and on that note, let's find something to reflect on. Let's move into the pitch. And oh. as you guys know, that is the point where our poet shares their poem. What are you sharing with us today? Uh, today, the piece I'm sharing is entitled Sweet Nothings. Sweet Nothings. I'm ready for it. Let's, let's hear it. Okay. The Golden Arches and Big Mac attacks date back to a time before I knew how to flirt with the skirts where churches in the neighborhood had me praying for something finger licking good. Greasy skeezers and Little Caesar seemed to go hand in hand holding my appetite dearly, quick to fall in love with any hot and ready that came near me. Our arteries clogged with the same cholesterol from past betrayals that nearly killed. We fussing and fighting thinking that's what I like. Really, it's all that I know. Not ready to leave because I don't know how to grow and have nowhere to go. It's a cry for help whenever I reach out for them to save the day. Apparently, I find toxic treats to be tantalizing, mesmerizing. How a meal made of made days and SOSs ain't seen as troubling, puzzling. How poison masquerading as palatable is applicable. I prefer apples to oranges, but as we all know, the fruit that grows in the city ain't edible. They're edibles. Fruit snacks as twisted as Twizzlers, and I'm a freak with a fruit-by-the-foot fetish. Crunch and munch all of her flaming hot free toes until my breath smells like Funyuns. I want to leave a nut of butter inside thighs disguised as oatmeal cream pies. Butterfinger will have to do if she lets me taste what I cannot let go to waste. Little did Debbie know, I'm cool with shortcakes, but I go dumb over some Cinnabons, and she got the bigger ones, called them grands, because she let me frost them, son. That's all it took to get me hooked. When you lonely and lovesick, exes are just a door dash away, and they take apple pay. They say an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but caramel apple bottles and jeans did things for me no physician would abide by. First, I felt better. Then, I felt bitter. So sick of these sour patch witches with their wishy-washy nature, lacking nutrients but fornicating my feelings in 31 different flavors like chewing gum, these Bubble yums make me masticate on their messy behavior, like their Slurpee's my savior. But quick to easy bake a batch of snatch without getting attached, grope a sack of ten men who they'll claim as friendships, when really it's a throwback fun dip to lick some old dusty sugar-covered hard sticks. I ain't jelly, just ain't fond of the dude she used to do. Call them fondue cause they cheesy too. Keep their presence in my present like their prequels were sequels for the future. When we all know he is the burger king of toxicity. Supersize, I life alive, so I fantasize I have a wife. A white castle where Wendy's version of Rapunzel repeatedly puts me in distress. Damaged damsels don't want to be saved, they want to add to my stress. Build me up only to knock me down will justify jacking off any jack-in-the-box just to make me look like a clown. Y soy loco del Taco Bell, cause I fell for the soft sell of these Cadoba cuties Chipotle ways. Why? Cause they cheap and right up the street from me. In the hood, we didn't have a Whole Foods. Ho-Ho's had to do. 
Honey buns and Twinkies too. Oh yeah, cupcakes and donut holes. Hold the phone. Seems I was prone to hostess all along. Grew up in a food desert where dumb desserts was the only option a child would choose. Figured, how can I love wrong if I never found the right one to lose? I'm not unfamiliar with healthy dietary habits. Hell, rabbits eat cabbage. But it seems I gotta go from rags to riches to bag some chickens. Though going from ruffles to truffles is a struggle when trying to find a go-between that isn't a dairy queen. Lactose intolerant, but every milk dud comes with a milkshake that takes priority. And me? Happy to have Cheap Eats horn my hot dog to trade tricks for treats. Holy, unfulfilling, and unforgiving. I don't know which is more likely to end me. The STDs or the diabetes. If I'm damaged and she's damaged, why can't we just be a goddamn sandwich? It's cause those ingredients make a trauma bond. In my greediness, I thought we would get along. But her unhealthy ways and my unhealed pain just put us in the position to be hurt again. All I wanted was hugs from a her, but it always came at a price. So whenever I receive one for free, I'm reminded of a time when a dollar would get me no more than four from the corner store. A time where Valentine's turned sweet tarts into sweethearts for a day. Where every relationship wasn't pay to play, and cavities were just a small price to pay for confectionery affection. Candy bars were protection from lonely days. M&M shared with friends chased the rain away. We laughed as it skedaddled with flip rainbows the color of every skittle on our chuckling faces. Candy-coated, color-coated braces in place of frowns replaced the idle hands of an only child raised in the wild. Unable to trim the fat and face the saturated facts, Every time I binge on their lies, I end up purging my truth, revisiting vomit because I want to hold fast to my youth. These sweet nothings were something sought after. Now as an adult, I'm captivated by feelings I can never recapture. So now we are in the dugout, which means we are about to dig deeper into Urban's poem. Mm -hmm. Let's get into this. All right, so when it comes to our poetry, I feel like there's two main ways that it comes out. Mm -hmm. One is... It just comes to us out of nowhere, and it's just, you know, feel like we got most of the words, and maybe only took 30 minutes to write the first half, and it's just right. flowing out, right? And then the other way is you just desire to make that poem happen, being a little more intentional, the mm -hmm. second way. So which of the two do you feel like this poem was for you? <laughs> I'd say it was one part inspiration. The other part, this going to sound cliche, but like perspiration. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was something that, I was inspired to do, but also that I had wanted to do right. So I had put the work and the effort into it. I had an idea about it. It wasn't until we had a conversation wherein we were, ha we were going back and forth about relationships and stuff, you and I, and you had made the comment about relationships being like junk food or whatever. And I was like, yep, I, was, I had already had the thought, but I was like, yep, that, that just solidified it for me that this is something that needs to be put into that that kind of contextualization shout out to the inspirational and intentional conversation <laughs> right. that two deep people can have and what it inspires y'all you feel me okay <laughs> so why did you feel like it was necessary to write sweet nothings because there's a lot of like oh man it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of uh, hurt feelings out there but there are a lot of people like in the community that i've heard just uh in the poetry community that do relationship joints that are usually about toxicity. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of blame going around. There's no real accountability. Ooh, flashbacks. As you are talking, yes. <laughs> you are telling the truth right now. That being said, I wanted to speak to that, how 
we can be in these terrible toxic situations but sometimes it's our own doing sometimes it's due to to the fact yep i didn't want to make somebody feel ostracized or Mm -hmm. like you want to bring conviction but not condemn anyone right because condemnation isn't how we should be going you know like you don't want somebody to like feel alienated for the choices that they've made we all human we all make mistakes sometimes we flourish in those mistakes because of how it makes us feel in the moment so it's like we all guilty of doing something that we may not have felt proud of so yeah it's just just a matter of saying like we do unhealthy things but we should try to do do better and being more intentional. Yeah. And when you made the comment of, you know, there might be some hurt feelings, to be honest, it's about convicting and inspiring someone to do better. And that's mm. what I really love about this poem. I really love the approach, how mm. you romanticized it mm. and then you deglamorized it at the same time. Yeah. I feel like it could have come off more condemning if you had of just straight up went with the deglamorizing, like, y'all, I gotta eat better. The way you sprinkle sugar on it, I feel like <laughs> the back and forth between the relational experience and the food experience, also saying those were childish times and it was fun in that time. Mm-hmm. I'm grown now. I know better, so I'm going to do better. This was memory lane and we're laughing and kicking, thinking about it, but I'm still breaking up with you. I'm not going back there. And I right. really love that approach that you took. Right. And it's, it's like, you're not a, it's not attacking like any people or any particular person. It's saying... Like you said, you know better, you do better. So it's, just, it's really attacking the habits that you formed over the course of your life and saying, I can't continue to do this because it's it's harmful for me. Even now, like the older we get, we can't be munching on candy and sweets like that Come no now. more. You know years and years of that, you talking about, you don't really need dentures <laughs> when, it's said, when it's said and done. Right. I'm like, you want to smile and be like, yeah, baby, I'm taking my teeth out at the end of the night. <laughs> or do you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of it, you know, the high blood pressure, the cholesterol. Right. I hope I'm not offending anyone who might be already in their dentures. Hey. No shade. I'm just they saying, if you, had the cho- if you had the choice, <laughs> you don't want to be at the amusement park mm-hmm. and you got to put your teeth in the bag before you go up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into these lines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. All right. So into Sweet Nothings. Mm. Let's go into the first stanza. Bro, where churches in the neighborhood had me praying for something finger looking good. (laughs) (laughs) It was the church's chicken Mm -hmm. for giving us that finger looking good KFC (laughs) slogan. Right. It's the mix and mingle. Yeah. It's giving us it's giving us Christian mingle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How you played that line was so fire. Well, yeah, so like that line right there, it alludes to a few different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, one, you know, being from the city what was prevalent were like actual neighborhood churches, like places of worship to go to. But if in, if you're from the D, you already know churches, barbershops, gas stations, and corner stores are like your four cornerstones of any neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> you better paint that picture for anybody who's not from our city. Who's not from the, but so you got that, but then you also got the fact that there are actual fast food, like churches chicken. But the, the, the whole, you know, praying for something, finger looking good, there are a few places you could go to, like, meet girls and stuff. Uh, church being one of them. You are correct. <laughs> That's the best place to go to find right. you. Something, something. You know, but then, like, if not that, if you, like, just out here trying to find something fast to eat, you find a fast a fast woman. Okay, that, I see the correlation. A fast chick. 
Yeah, which takes us to the quick to fall in love with any hot and ready line. Mm -hmm. And before that, you said these greasy skeezers and little Caesars seem to go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. holding my appetite dearly. Mm -hmm. That was hard. First of all, <laughs> yeah. coming from mm-hmm. the city of Detroit, if you know Little Caesars, started right here. You said quick to fall in love with a hot and ready. It's basically saying quick to fall in love with a little fast tail girl. Yeah. Okay, bars. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like so a lot of a lot of the stuff comes, and we'll probably get into it later. Like growing up, things I used to hear my friends say. We used to have phrases and stuff like that. <laughs> the hot and ready line is reminiscent to what my friends growing up would call um like. Like, just, like, girls walking around wearing the booty shorts and stuff, just up and down the street going to, like, Little Caesars. They call them, like, a, a 530s. Um, what does that mean? So, a 530 is the price of a hot and ready with the tax. $5.30. Wow. Y'all in y'all Detroit lingo. <laughs> so, they would either call them 530s or hot and readies. It was just, like, what anybody would call any of these ragamuffins walking up and down the street dudes walking up and down the street trying to um get at these girls or girls trying to get at these dudes and it was just it was just the lingo back then but really it's just about just having this mentality of wanting something quick trying to get quick love and stuff so yeah i mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) i really like the line too in that stanza where you say fussing and fighting thinking that's what i like Mm -hmm. really it's all i know I mean, if that's not the whole reason you're writing, it's not that there's not better out there. It's just you might not be aware. Back in the day, you only went so far from your house. If you walk in, you're not walking mm. 10 miles down or no. whatever. You're not going to find yourself on 23 miles, 16 mile Big Beaver. You're not going to find yourself <laughs> over there coming from 6 miles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like you really only know your block, you know, right. or, or a few blocks away. Yeah. We all know ain't no Whole Foods over there. Nah. So, yeah, it's all you know. Like, all you know is the Spartan. All you know is, the, like you said in the live, the Farmer Jack. You yeah. took all oh, you took us back with that one. Yeah, it's crazy because like most people who live in the city know it's divided from east side to west side. So going to the east side from the west side is too far. Going from the east side to the west side is too far. Like your hoods are pretty pretty much your place of origin. That's that's where you're gonna be. And at. Detroit is big regardless. Being in a young age, maybe you don't have your car. Maybe you do. Shoot, we used to be on the freight with it. For those who don't know, that's the bus. We used to be on the bus. Oh, that part. <laughs> But you're not trying to do that for no grocery shop, not if you don't need to. And when you were a kid, you going to the candy store, you going to the liquor store, you going to the gas station. Ice uh, cream parlor. That's it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You going to those places like, are you hungry? Let me go get these bag of chips for a quarter. That and, part. You know what I'm saying? Which I really love the line where you said. All I wanted was hugs from my hurt, but it always came with Oh, we going to come back to that. Okay. We going to come back to yeah. that. And even with the, with the girls that you would mess with, there could be. A girl, like on say, like Seven Mile or whatever, from a good family or what have you, or it could be a dude that stays over there off of Livinois, you know what I'm saying, from a good family or whatever. But you mess with the dudes and the chicks in your backyard, and they're not always the best option for you. But mm, it's like whatever. It's convenient. Yeah. It comes down to convenience. Mm-hmm. The next stanza, the line that I really love is puzzling how poison masquerading as palatable is applicable which i told you is a dang on tongue twister but i found myself saying it smooth today mm-hmm. <laughs> i love that mm-hmm. i've been actually paying a lot of attention to the word masquerade lately mm-hmm. i've been working on a poem myself that i've been just taking my sweet merciful time with because you know your girl is busy like poison masquerade which took me to thinking about commercials and how they dress up the food making it look like it's something when it's not really all that mm. that was i love 
that you've intentionally placed it. <laughs> definitely that. Definitely that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's truth to that. These things are things that taste good, but long term, not good. If we want to go the music route, we rapping about things and it sound like that's the life, but if you really live in it, nah. there's better options. Yeah. People will tell you that's in that life. They be fossing in the videos for real. The things that make it into the limelight, mm-hmm. there's no substance to that. No. Which goes back to there not being substance in fast food. Not at that's all. That's why you find yourself, you're snacking, but you're hungry 20 minutes later. Always. That's just extra calories. Mm-hmm. You ain't even need, never mind the fat and the dyes and the, Bruh, you know like what I'm saying? The, all the high sugar. The, <laughs> and it just makes you feel heavy. It weighs you down. It weighs you down. Mm-hmm. Let's go into the nasty stanza. All right. That is the most PG-13 that a person can be when talking about relations. When you were reading it just a minute ago, yeah, it had caught my attention before, but for some reason this time it was way more clear of how you played but a finger will have to do. <laughs> right. I mean, I knew you were already saying a butterfinger. I right. knew that because it's the only one with finger in it. But, mm. <laughs> ew. <laughs> <laughs> but you low-key are actually saying butterfinger, but you're just saying but a finger. We didn't talk yeah. about that on the live. That was pretty cool how mm. you played that. So just dance it. So basically, we're talking about the intimacy portion of the our relationship, right? So the thing about intimacy is a lot of people do have sex without it. And what they're actually doing is just kind of like giving their bodies over to something for the, for indulging in the, in uh, feeling good for that particular moment. Moment, yeah. Yep. And then, but beyond that, a lot of relationships are just people trying to recapture that moment. So they'll mm, keep having. It's, not, it's like a fix, like a drug. Exactly. Which goes into the next stanza. That's all it took to get me hooked. Come on now, transition. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the thing is, like, the line, when you lonely and lovesick, exes are just a door dash away. Let's not go past what you just said. If you ever find yourself constantly going after these little short-term, minuscule situationships, right? The reason why you keep coming back to it is because, first of all, it goes back to your original point of this might be a lot of more of what you know. You found comfortability with it. Mm Mm-hmm. They're fixes. Yeah. You're now yearning for something that you have got yourself acquainted with. Mm-hmm. This is a regular routine for you now. Yeah. This is your new norm. It is. And now it's, like you said, like a drug, and you have to constantly keep getting this fix. You find yourself going from one person to the next because, mm-hmm. come on. And that is why we need to make sure that we are intentional in the dating scene because mm-hmm. the way we, our body is processing things, the way our brain works, mm-hmm. That's why they say, you know, you do something so many times. It's like now you're just coming back to it. You have to give yourself a new routine. Yeah. In in the in the fast foods and in the the snacks and stuff, there are like there are ingredients and chemicals chemicals in there to make Just you like come there's back. chemicals in our body that makes us mm-hmm. yearn that yeah. feeling that yeah. some that anyone can really give you, but the thing is you're not getting that little something mm-hmm. that sometimes we overlook that is actually supposed to be a part of the mm-hmm. whole sexual experience. Yeah, and then you just like you'll so be you're hooked to the wrong thing. Hooked to the wrong things, and that's I mean that's the point though. Like, and another thing to add to that is loneliness and like you know lovesick being like a hunger, a pain, a panging, or a pining for something that you don't have. Like when you lonely, it intensifies it. You just you'll see somebody else with something that you don't have, but like, I want that. 
and then but you don't have any new bodies on the on the uh, on the docket you don't have any anybody new that you could talk to so what you do call up your ex you know what I'm saying? Entertain somebody that's been sitting in your DMs for months. How many people do that? Yeah. That's a real question. You got people in your DMs you've been ignoring for months, and then all of a sudden, I literally was talking to somebody the other day, and he was like, all of a sudden, she didn't, I didn't message her about all these times, no response, and all of a sudden, here she come. What, but, so what do you want now? Yeah, but even like when it comes to food, you do that too. How many times have you been like, you've been leaving from somewhere, like I got some food at home, but you hungry and I'm going to be like, oh, I could just stop at this place right here. On your way to the house, you see something convenient. Mm-hmm. There's uh-huh. a McDonald's on every corner. Bruh, real talk. And I love how you made the caramel apple, the apple bottom jeans. All my 90s babies stand up <laughs> if you wore the apple bottom jeans in the boots with the faux fur. Bruh. Ooh, yes. don't even get me started on them. Ooh, okay. Don't do it. <laughs> hey. In the next stanza, you say, grope a sack of 10 men who they'll claim as friendships, which touches on what we just spoke about. Right. You're taking us somewhere. It's a lot of calling out. Oh, but no. Not, definitely you, calling out. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> definitely shine the spotlight because how many of your friends, okay, yeah, this is me. for you, this is for everybody that's listening. Mm-hmm. Is that the ice cream man? That is the ice cream man trying to tempt us with sweet nothings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How many of you have heard from someone else or said, that's just my friend? Mm. And then months down the line, maybe even weeks for you, you come to find out. That mm-hmm. person is not just a friend. Facts. I've been through it. Zero out of ten would not recommend. Okay? Look, 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 look. Nah, nah. I'm going to be real. I'm going to just call it out. In that particular line, it's saying there are a lot of people that just, they, they just keep people in the pocket on the, on the show, you know, on the back burner. And when you're in a relationship, it may not be nothing. Sometimes it may be something. Some, sometimes it may be something that's old. Sometimes it may be something that's brewing. But they just keep them there on reserve. You know, men or women or whatever. You'll see it all the time. Play brothers, you know what I'm saying, that ain't brotherly, you know. Mm. Or, like, fake sisters that really ain't your sister. They ain't that consistently. Or, like, play cousins who play too much. I, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I ain't never been that person. But mm-hmm. now that you talking, mm-hmm. I actually can admit that a lot of the times my guy friends were guys who I knew had crushes on me. Either they said it or they didn't say it, but I could tell. I knew early on what was going to be good for me. I had watched so many people you know, look mm-hmm. stupid. I'm like, I can't be that person. So I would just, friend zone, friend zone, friend zone. <laughs> Why burn the bridge? We could be friends. Hey. But I would have to say a good proportion of my guy friends, there was a crush there on, on yeah. their end. You can't, the thing is about it is like, because we quick do that too. Put somebody in a friend category that didn't evolve to a relationship. And it's, it's and they it's, already told, either they already have told you or shown you what their intentions are. So it's like, why you can't just say that's my associate? And it's weird. I don't know why a lot of people think that they can control the situation that, or that it's cool to have people that have romantic feelings for you as a friend. Like, oh, they'll get over it. It's like, no. Like, you can't the feelings go into- are still there. I'm so glad you're saying this because it actually has made situations awkward for me. Because mm. it's like, especially at a young age, you think you friends on another person will make all those feelings just evaporate. Oh, I'm friend zone, so let me now have friend feelings. But then, like, time will go on, and as you're being their friend, because there's a care there that you're showing them as a friend, mm-hmm. you're kind of playing on, you think you're sending friend signals, but they're still ha- going through a filter of, I like this girl, and now they're liking you more, and they make comments or do things. Like I remember I had invited my friend to a Pistons game, mm-hmm. and he's trying to hold my hand. Whoa there, sir. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. little comments that come, and it's like, you can't say that we're friends. Take the, it back. Take it back, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd like the more 
malicious version of that is when you have somebody that you dating and they have an ex or somebody they used to mess with that they claim is a friend now. And they and again goes into the next. But ends up being a fallback plan when they break up. Let them be. It's 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 the matter of it's the disrespect Mm -hmm. because now you have somebody in your face that oh this is just my friend knowing that right before you they probably jealous of that person they probably like dang I wait waiting praying on your downfall they done smashed they done did everything you just sitting there like oh friends how and they don't really they don't really give you the lowdown not that part so you don't think that what's in the past is in the past it's in the past if it's literally in the past okay so next stanza. The one that really stood out to me and I thought was really cool is that you said, I fantasize I have a wife, mm-hmm. a white castle where Wendy's version of Rapunzel repeatedly puts me in distress. And I just thought it was cool that you use white castle as a castle and use yeah. Wendy as the Rapunzel with those pigtails. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love Disney, okay? Mm-hmm. I love me a nice little... I, <laughs> I love me a fairy tale. I love me a happy ending. The Prince Charming. Mm. The Glass Slipper. I love it all, okay? Yeah. I love how you use Wendy and bringing in the whole fairy tale situation, again, in a toxic way, mm-hmm. and pointing it out, something that probably went over a lot of people's head about Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're just in the moment. In Rapunzel's situation, like you said in the live, she mm. had to bring that prince or whoever was coming to be her savior Mm. into her situation and that's how relationships go is that whatever you got going on whatever baggage you're bringing is not just yours to bear Mm. whoever is trying to entertain you it becomes a part of their story too yeah and that's the thing like of course you know the illusions with white castle wendy's and and what have you that's ever present but it's it's the whole the romanticization of relationships a lot of people think that if we just find the one, you know, they'll solve all of our problems. And a lot of times the one is the wrong one. And as opposed to being a person that solves problems, they give you problems. So so in this stanza, you say, in the hood, we didn't have a Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And then you also say, figured, how could I love wrong if I never found the right one to lose? Right. We constantly get in these situations where you feel like you're not really missing out on nothing because you never found the right one to miss out on. Personally, I have friends who have been in relationships where they could have been the right one, but they were mistreated because of their area, literally where they stay at, because they stay in a certain city or community. It's like they were looked at as, oh, just that dude from down the block. Oh, that's just a chick from around the way when there was more quality to them. And so... Mm. people missed out and was like I mean it is what it is and that's a good point I think it's really dope that you you use specifically Whole Foods like there are mm. other like Whole Foods are like Trader Joe's but mm. I like that you specifically said Whole Foods because it's like you're playing on the fact that it's a whole food how we're getting partial right. we, we can yeah. be getting the whole dang go chain yeah. our relationship is more than just like sex and feeling good which is typically what snacks and stuff is like. A whole relationship, a healthy relationship, envelops a lot of different things. It's a whole thing, not just a portion, which is what you get when you get snacks and like these other fast foods. Yes. In the next stanza, which ties in with what we just touched on, but it seems I gotta go from rags to riches to bag some chickens. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's straight to the point. I, I just mean, wanted yeah. to pull it out. I just yeah. wanted to pull it out. Did y'all catch that? No, that, that, that line requires no uh, delving into. Yes. Whether you're talking to a significant other mm-hmm. or you're trying to get a good meal, it's going to take some kachingaling. And it's straight like that. You also say in that stanza, I don't know which is more likely to end me, the STDs or the diabetes. Yeah. First of all, you better bring our attention to it. <laughs> when I think about that line, mm-hmm. I think about the movie NWA. Oh, you talking about Eazy-E. Yeah. Yeah. And just how a lot of the whole do whatever, whatever girl, however many girls, yeah. but nobody was talking about the possibility of you catching an mm-hmm. STD or AIDS or anything. You didn't know about the repercussions. Mm-hmm. There was no warnings. Mm-hmm. It's like when you do find out, it's a little too late. So I love that you added that in here. Yeah, because it's, it's a matter of saying overindulgence will kill you. So Absolutely. be aware of that. And that's what brings about the diseases. Yeah. <laughs> Both what, literally sexually and edibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, overindulging is a problem. And, and mm-hmm. I think the Bible speaks on that. Not that this is church, but. I mean, we could talk about lust versus gluttony if you yes. want. Yes. Look, let me tell you something. I can't quote the whole Bible. But I know the Bible talks about us not overindulging for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that goes into the next tense. Because at that point, you look at it from a stance of, all right, well, if I'm an unhealthy person, I should just find somebody that isn't healthy, too, and we can just, you know, be, get healthy Why together. wouldn't it work? Yeah. Like, when you say that, it reminds me of when somebody go through something with somebody crazy, and then mm-hmm. they, let's say they got cheated on, they be like, yeah, I deserve each other. Mm-hmm. Well, why not two negatives? Two negatives make a positive in math. Okay, (laughs) and that alone. In in the course of, like, this particular instance, like, the line says, if I'm damaged and she's damaged, why can't we just be a goddamn sandwich? To break that down a little bit, even the goddamn line, when God damns something, it is not supposed to be something, you know, like, if if I'm bad and we, if I'm bad and they're bad, why can't we just both go to hell together? Mm, Um, Okay, that's deep. Now, I'm I'm about to get a little bit saucy, but it reminds me of a line. From Red Table Talk. Okay. Will and Jada, I'm coming for you. Um, I'm done. <laughs> where they say, we ride it together, we die together, bad marriage for life. I never liked that line. They said that? They said that line. I never liked that line. I'm going to be real with you. They tried to play off a of bad boy. They tried to play off a of bad boys, and they tried to make it seem like. But death and life is in the power of the tongue. And yeah. you got to be careful what you say. Because yeah. those words you speak influence your mind. Your mind influences everything else mm-hmm. that no, they, you do they tried to make it but like even just saying that makes it seem like their marriage is bad and they just gotta live with it right which is why if i'm damaged and she's damaged why can't we just be a goddamn sandwich it's because those ingredients make a trauma bond mm-hmm. in your greediness for a relationship you thought you would get along but you don't and then sometimes it comes down to like what you were saying like just the lust the lust is i feel like a form of greediness and you thinking like well as long as something is feeding me and we're mm-hmm. desiring the same thing we both don't really care if we're being intentional or not both got something to offer in the bedroom type of thing sometimes people think like this people, yeah but people make concessions due to that it's like they'll say all right well this woman isn't the kind of mother that i would want for my children or this this man isn't the kind of provider that i would want in my life that i'm trying to build but he's here for now or you know she does do these things and it's like you make all of these compromises and concessions that and you look up one day and you realize wow 
this is not for me puts me in the mind of people who are in relationships for 40 years 20 years and then all of a sudden they're having a divorce because yeah. it's like you just come to the realization that wow i've been playing myself this whole time yeah the thing is it's not about it's not a matter of calling nobody out saying like you can't make compromises in a relationship you can but mm-hmm. it's you have to do it in a healthy way right some people are just not good people are not good for you mm-hmm. and it's not something you just wait out i've known people to be in relationships for years i've been in relationships where it was just like or situationships where it's just like it's not going anywhere so it's just calling it out and saying like just because y'all both see each other as flawed people don't mean that two flawed people should be together right heal yourself do better and then when you have grown and evolved you could meet somebody that you know is on your level right in this next stanza, I want to bring attention to this one line that we didn't touch on in the live. Mm-hmm. You say, all I wanted was hugs from a her. Yeah. And you put it in quotation marks. So <laughs> yeah. I knew this is something that I needed to get into. You also say, but it always came at a price. So I want to like explain that line. Okay, so uh, hugs referring to, you know, the little quarter hugs juices and whatever. Ah. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, you wanted a hug. Like. I, I, you know what? I saw you capitalize the H, and I said, maybe that's a typo. Nah. Nah, that was purposeful. <laughs> that was, yeah. Okay. So the her line, right, that is, again, another term from growing up. Me and my friends, we would always find, like, a girl who was, like, like really pretty but never came out of the house. So, because she never came out of the house and, like, you know, played. You never learned her name. Never learned her name. So, we just said her. You talking about her up the street? That hurt her? Yeah. She, like, she was really pretty and she was, like, you would see her sometimes. You, you was just, she was just a mystery. So, you just, like, oh, if I could just get a hug from a her, I would be happy or whatever. If I wow. could talk to a girl like that. It gets deep. Yeah. I love how you, you write in your history mm. you write in how you grew up it makes me more appreciative of poet speech because we really are getting into your mind you didn't give us things that we can relate to but then you've mm. given us something that we don't really know about mm-hmm. and it's your story and I, we would never know if we never asked these questions right yeah and this is this is not even something that would come up at, at an open mic so yeah that's dope that's dope yeah. thank you for sharing that now the very last stanza mm-hmm. i gotta get into this because we didn't get into it on the live mm-hmm. and when i got back home I, somebody had posted on instagram and i was like Bro, I meant, I really meant, and I was like, I got to get into this. You mm-hmm. said, every time I binge on their lies, I end up purging my truth. Mm-hmm. That line goes hard. <laughs> what a way to end such a something mm-hmm. <laughs> poem. Yeah. Explain that line. All right, so typically you end up ingesting a lot of people's toxic traits or personalities or what have you, or to put it bluntly, you in, you in a bad relationship. When you come out of it, you end up like, you know, crying or feeling sad or whatever, talking about your experience in that relationship. But then you go back. That's, you know, the whole revisiting vomit. You go back trying to look at some good parts, trying to pull that out of there. But it's vomit. So <laughs> you're revisiting vomit because you want to you want those feelings that you had that reminded you of when you was a kid. It's an allusion to bulimia. The cycle of in bulimia is to binge and purge. You eat a lot of food and then you throw it all back up, which is also an unhealthy way to live. Like, you know, just consuming a, a lot of fatty, sugary foods just to vomit it back up later, you know, in order to, to, to att- attain something. But, you know, in the end, it's just it's really about trying to hold on to something that you used to feel. Something as pure as like water or say your childhood to your memory. And a lot of times our childhood is not as pretty or 
happy as you remember it, but you know, that's it. Well, we definitely really went into this poem Bruh. in depth. Bruh. <laughs> At this point, y'all, I don't even gotta ask y'all. Y'all caught every pitch. Promise, if you didn't catch me out in these streets, you know what I'm saying? that part. All right, let's take it to the home run, which means we are about to wrap this up. Right. Any upcoming shows, somewhere we can see you perform, maybe you have a book Mm -hmm. or a business we can support? Yes, so I do have a book which delves into specifically narcissistic uh, abuse in relationships and narcissistic personality disorder. It is entitled Don't Believe Your Lying Eyes, and it's available on Amazon. So you can just type in that name into Amazon? Yes, you can. It has a very unique cover. It's going to look dark and murky with red font. It's still available. Also, I got some shows coming up. Check my Instagram for any of those. They're usually posted in my stories. I'll leave his email and Instagram tag. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And thank you, Urban, so much for coming and sharing such a beautiful piece. This was a whole work of art. I appreciate that. Maybe next time I won't have so much to dig into. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they appreciate it all regardless. You definitely keep us hanging on. And we just really thoroughly enjoy what you have to offer. Thank you, thank you. So that wraps up this episode of Poets Pitch. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on YouTube and subscribe. There is always a actual show to these podcasts that is a different experience. So make sure you support, subscribe, hit the bell to be notified when we go live. And thank you again so much. Until next time.